So the title of this talk is The Path is a Path. So this path that we're following is just that, it's a path. Uh, it's very useful for us to reflect on what it means uh, to be following a path or what a path is. Uh, a path goes somewhere. A path leads to something. Uh, in following a path, we're going somewhere. So we're moving. We're moving. Uh, in following a path, we're moving forward. Or our objective is to move forward. We're making an effort to move forward. To move along the path. I, uh, in doing my homework, I uh, looked up a definition in the dictionary. Usually I use Webster's today. I decided to use the Oxford English Dictionary for uh, definitions of a path. So I'll just read a couple of definitions of a path. Path, a way or track laid down for walking or made by continual treading. I think the, uh, the little phrase there that stands out is continual treading. So in following in a path, we're engaged in a continual treading, or continual being the word uh, that uh, interests me. Uh, another definition, the course or direction in which a person is moving. So uh, the word that kind of sticks out for me here is moving. We're moving in following in a path. And then one more, a course of action or conduct. And the word that kind of sticks out here is action. Uh, we're engaged in a form of action in being on a path. So uh, what the, this means in part, of course, is when we're on a path, following a, a path, we're not standing still. Uh, we're making an effort to move forward. Uh, this, uh, this notion was spoken to by the Buddha uh, in a well-known passage when the Buddha was asked by a, a deva uh, how he crossed over the flood. Uh, the, the classical metaphor in Buddhism for crossing over the stream or the river uh, crossing over the flood from uh, the place of suffering to the end of suffering. And the deva said to the Buddha, tell me, dear sir, how you crossed over the flood. And the Buddha, in this well-known passage, said, I crossed over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place. Uh, and the deva said, but how, dear sir, did you cross over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place? The Buddha said, when I pushed forward, I was whirled about. When I stayed in place, I sank. And so I crossed over the flood without pushing forward, without staying in place. So this passage is often used to illustrate uh, the, uh, the idea of skillful effort. We don't push too hard. We don't push in moving forward. By the same token, uh, we don't stay in place. We don't stay in place. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. We're not staying in place. We're not standing still. 
And of course, as we make this effort to move forward, uh, you know, there's going to be times when we need to rest, when we need to stand still or sit still, uh, take a rest. Uh, and, uh, you know, a rest is uh, a way of regaining strength, uh, a way of finding our balance. So, you know, taking a rest, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I always talk about this in teaching retreats. Yesterday we had a, a day-long retreat and, you know, the schedule is fairly arduous. Uh, same kind of schedule we have on a longer retreat, which some of you uh, have gone on, went on our retreat in, in April. Uh, and I always talk about how sometimes, you know, you take a rest during the day. It's not really so much of a rest, but you know, you may not go to a sitting or walking period. Uh, you may just want to go out for a walk or get a cup of tea or whatever as a way of finding your balance, as a way of regenerating your strength, uh, as a way of, uh, uh, of finding your balance in terms of not pushing. Sometimes we're pushing too hard, so we need to, 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 uh, to rest. So rest can be part of our process. And then of course, as we're moving forward, we're going to, uh, we're going to hit obstacles. We're going to uh, veer off the path. We're going to lose the path at different times. Uh, but our objective as a Dharma student is to move forward, to make forward progress. One of the great challenges, of course, of being on a path, uh, in moving forward on a path, is that uh, in moving forward, we're going to meet obstacles. That's part of the nature of moving forward. One of the things I always like to talk to people about, uh, or that I often talk to people about when they're struggling on their, on their journey along the path, uh, and when they hit obstacles, people think, well, you know, they're failing uh, or, uh, you know, they're doing something wrong. It's always very apparent to me as a teacher, and it's hard to see that when you're moving along the path. It's always very apparent to me as a teacher that when people are hitting obstacles, uh, that's, that's uh, uh, an, uh, you know, attributable to the fact that they're moving ahead, you know. You're going to hit obstacles when you're making an effort to move ahead. So it's always kind of clear to me that, uh, you know, when people are hitting obstacles, uh, you know, it, it, it means that they're making an effort to move ahead. And I think that's really a good perception for us to have. You know, we're going to hit obstacles. That's going to be part of the process of moving forward. Any great journey is, is, uh, is signified by the obstacles that we meet. So, uh, you know, we hit obstacles, but we learn, you know, this is how we move forward. We learn to meet the obstacles skillfully, and we learn from the obstacles. You know, so, uh, you know, my, my reminder to myself, you know, as I'm making an effort to move forward, and I, and I hit obstacles, is, well, what is there to learn here? And this is how you move ahead, is by, you know, when you meet obstacles, make it a learning experience. Uh, everybody's going to hit obstacles. Uh, you know, the difference between the person who uh, uh, 
achieves you know, the great fruits of the practice. Uh, as Tanisaro Bhikkhu says, when the Buddha talks about path, he often talks about the notion of path uh, uh, in conjunction with the notion of fruits. You know, we're on a path so that we can receive the certain fruits uh, of, of the path, uh, of the goal. Uh, so the difference between the person who uh, achieves the fruits of the path and the person who doesn't is, you know, the person who achieves the fruits of the path hits obstacles and learns to work with them skillfully. It's not, we tend to think, oh, it's a person who doesn't hit obstacles. Everybody hits obstacles. Everybody meets obstacles on their journey. Uh, it's how we're going to meet those obstacles. But I think this is one of the reasons why uh, the notion that there are obstacles that we come, come up against on the path uh, is one of the reasons why uh, we may begin to put less effort into moving forward along the path. Uh, because that's the challenge of the path, is that there's going to be obstacles. So we have to be willing to be able to meet these obstacles as we move forward. And uh, in some ways it's easier for us to say, well, I'm not going to move forward because there's going to be obstacles and I don't want to have to meet them. So our objective is to move forward is to move forward, to make forward progress, to keep moving forward, and to keep making progress. When I think about this, sometimes I think about great athletes. You know, the greatest athletes are ones that are constantly seeking to make progress. You know, you have a great basketball player who, you know, you would think is just like, you know, there couldn't possibly be anything that this person couldn't do, and you know, but a, you know, a great basketball player, a great athlete is always like, what parts of my game can I improve? You know, during this summer, after the season's over, you know, I'm going to work on this element of my game, my foul shooting or, you know, my, my you know, perimeter defense or whatever it is in order to improve. Uh, great athletes, great artists are always making progress, are always evolving always evolving, you know. I mean, I learned that, you know, as a kid, you know, uh, in listening to music and, you know, watching the Beatles, you know, when I was, when I was eight, nine years old, you know, the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan show, you know, and, you know, the, playing their, you know, beautiful, jubilant pop songs, you know, uh, you know, she loves you and I want to hold your hand uh, you know, and within a few years, you know, they evolved so much, you know, and they had the long hair, you know, and, you know, and, they, and the outlandish clothes that they were wearing, and they, you know, did Sergeant Peppers, you know, you know, it was, and, you know, and it was like, I mean, it was a little startling for me as a kid, it's like, man, what happened to, you know, John Lennon, you know, he was such a lovable mop top, you know, and now he's got this beard, and he's, you know, writing these crazy psychedelic songs, Lucy in the Sky, and all this stuff, and, you know, but it was really indicative to me of, like, you know, these guys weren't standing still, you know? They weren't standing still, you know, and they couldn't stand still and be true to their creativity, you know, and 
to be true to their potential. They had to continue to evolve. You know, Bob Dylan is another, you know, of course, great artist, musical artist that I, you know, I followed his career, you know, and he was always changing over the years. Yeah. He wrote an autobiography uh, in a few years back called Chronicles, and it's really a brilliant, uh, uh, you know, and it was critically well received, you know, and it was really a brilliant uh, exposition of uh, not wanting to stand still in the creative process. And he said, you know, I wrote all these songs, Blowing in the Wind, and uh, you know, the times they are changing and so forth. You know, when I was, you know, 20, 22 years old, you know, and now here I am in my 40s and my 50s and my 60s, you know, and I'm still playing these songs and uh, I needed to find a way to play them that was different, you know, and that was, was, was reflective of an evolution. And a lot of what he describes in that book is the process, the creative process he went through in order to be able to, have, to learn how to play those songs in a way that was an expression of an evolution. It's really inspiring, uh, you know, finding new and different and uh, transcendent ways to play the, even the same songs. I mean, I, I see that in, you know, in teaching the Dharma, you know, the Dharma by its nature is a process in which, of course, we're moving forward and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've been teaching the Dharma for 25 years and, you know, in many ways you're teaching the same thing for 25 years. You're teaching breath meditation and the Four Noble Truths and skillful effort and whatever it is we're teaching, but it's a constant process of evolution. I don't feel like I've ever taught the same thing twice, you know, and the way that I'm teaching, uh, just in trying to be true to, to the Dhamma and true to my own uh, spiritual growth uh, is just an is just a reflection of just that, uh, you know. Uh, you know, as I grow and as my understanding grows and as the students that I teach grow, uh, you know the the you know the way that I teach the Dhamma evolves. You know, you know. I mean, sometimes I listen to something that I taught, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and I kind of cringe. You know, it's like, wow, I've made so much progress since then. You know, uh, at the time, it was, it was probably just right, you know, but, but, but over time, you know, so it's like I never feel like, oh, I've got to teach the Four Noble Truths again. It's like teaching it for the first time because it's, you know, it's, it, it's always evolving and growing and moving forward. It's not like the kind of thing where, you know, I made a, I made a syllabus, you know, in, in 1998 and, you know, I'm just still using that same syllabus, you know, it's like, it's like I couldn't possibly use that same syllabus, you know, because the Dhamma evolves and I'm evolving and you all are evolving. I mean, I always experienced that, you know, in downtown meditation community over the years as you know, the group, many of you, you know, were in, in the group for many years, Bob and Richard and uh, Mary Beth and Alex and so many people. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was always 
I was always doing different things, right? You know, I was always trying, you know, and sometimes it didn't work so well, and sometimes it did, you know? But that's, that's the process of moving forward, right? You know, you're always trying different things, and you're always, you know, and, and that wasn't just, you know, kind of arbitrary. You know, it was like, how can we move forward? What, what, can, what can I do to move people forward? What can we do so the group evolves? So we, you know, the group evolved and shaped over the years based on the nature of the Dhamma and the nature of the way things are in terms of uh, what it is that we need to do in order to move towards a greater happiness in this life. This is the nature of Dhamma. It's a process. It's a process of evolution. You know, in order to be a Dhamma student and to be, uh, to be, in tune with the Dhamma, you know, we need to be in a process, a process of evolving, a process of moving forward. So, you know, a reflection that I've always asked myself uh, over the years is, you know, am I moving forward? Am I moving forward? What do I need to do to move forward? What do I need to do to move forward? How can I move forward? One of Dylan's many quotes, Bob Dylan's many quotes that I've always loved is uh, what, what he said in one of his songs, he not busy being born is busy dying. He not busy being born is busy dying. So if we're not in this process of moving forward, you know, sort of the alternative is, you know, if we're not busy being born, we're dying, if we're not moving forward, uh, where, where, you know, it's, you don't, it's not really like you're staying in place, it's almost like you're, you're kind of moving backward, or, you know, the way the Buddha put it, I think, is very much similar to this, uh, when he said, uh, when I stayed in place, I sank, you know, so when we stay in place, we really don't stay in place, you know, gradually we sink. Now, these are the this is the implication of not moving forward. We sink. And that's a serious implication. Another way I like to think about it is like if you don't use the muscles, they atrophy. You know? So if we don't continue to move forward, our dharma muscles atrophy and we sink. He's not busy being born, he's busy dying. So the practice by its nature asks that we move forward, that we move forward. So this is our, our task in Dharma practice is to move forward and to make progress and to evolve. Uh, it's our ta task in Dharma practice, our task in life. It's our task in life to continue to move forward. You know, Dhamma is life. Dhamma is just uh, uh, a microcosm of life. It's really, you know, microcosm isn't even the right word. It's just, it is life. Uh, so in life, we want to continue to move forward. We want to continue to move forward. We want to make progress, evolve as human beings. I always think of the Dhamma as a process of evolution of evolution. 
it's an evolutionary practice. You know, we're evolving as Dhamma students, we're evolving as human beings. So we always want to be moving forward. You know, it's hard. It's hard to move forward. Uh, you know, the Buddha said it's easier to, to just kind of go along with the flow and not do the kinds of things that we're asked to do in moving forward. It's hard to move forward. It gets harder. Uh, I can speak from personal experience as we get older and as we age. You know, some of that energy isn't there. The, the old, the proverbial fire in the belly as we undergo entropy. Uh, and we lose uh, some of this energy that we had as young men and women. It requires great determination. This is why we develop parami determination. requires great determination to move forward. Uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to move forward. But it's joyful. It's joyful. Moving forward, moving along the path is joyful. There's a great joy in moving forward, contrasted to what we might consider uh, a kind of lifelessness or a depression in standing still. Uh, there's a great joy in moving forward. In Dharma lexicon, sometimes this is called the joy that comes from doing what has to be done, even though it's difficult. There's a great joy in moving forward and moving along the path towards our goal. You know, I always think, you know, I may not get there, you know, I may not get to the goal, but there's a great joy in moving toward it, you know, and in knowing that I've made this effort. You know, this quality of joy, uh, sometimes we refer to it as appreciation or appreciative joy, you know, in moving forward and making the effort to move along the path, you know, we develop an appreciation for our goodness. We appreciate our goodness. We appreciate our goodness. The effort that we make in moving along the path, the Buddha said, is the, our greatest, the greatest form of our goodness, the greatest form of our merit. And therefore, it's the greatest joy that there is, the joy that we make on the path in moving forward. The joy that we make in putting an effort towards making the most of life, making the most of the time that we have. Contrasting that again with the alternative. What's it like, you know, I talked about this a few weeks ago when we sort of stop making effort and stop moving forward. So this moving forward, you know, requires effort. It requires determination. We're going to meet obstacles. And I, I sometimes I think the, the perception may be, you know, Dubin is a taskmaster. You know, he's really cracking the whip. You know, the Buddha was a taskmaster. You know, and sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm asking you, you know, I mean, I'm asking you to do difficult things, you know? Uh, uh, it may seem as though, you know, we're asking you in, in following this path and in making the effort to move forward, 
to do something that conduces to pain or suffering. That might be, you know, the perception. But it's important to remember what we're moving toward, right? What we're moving toward. We're moving forward towards happiness. We're moving forward towards happiness. So what we're asking you to do is do what needs to be done so we can be happy. What we're asking is you to make the effort to be happy. The path leads to a good destination, so it's important to remember that. And my job is to, to support you in your efforts to be happy, not to be you know, the disciplinarian or the taskmaster. The Buddha wanted you all to be happy. You know, we want you all to be happy of heart. You know, this is why we make the effort. This is why we move forward, so that we can be happy so that we can know happiness of heart. Path leads to happiness. Our effort in moving forward will lead us to true happiness. So it's important to remember why we're seeking to grow, why we're seeking to evolve and move ahead, because we want a greater happiness. We want a greater happiness. We have a desire for a greater happiness. So. Another way to think about this is we're moving forward out of self-love. We're moving forward out of love for ourselves. Sometimes the things that are expressions of love for ourselves aren't so easy, right? We're moving forward out of love for ourselves. So what is love? What is metta? You know, it's found in our wish to be happy. We're moving forward along the path because we have a wish to be happy. So out of love, we're moving forward. We're moving ahead towards a greater happiness.